You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 184. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro, a fiduciary, a wealth advisor, and an educator. It is great to be with you today. And today's topic is about health savings accounts. But before we get to the topic of the day, what was it like when you were a kid and you got hurt? I feel like I remember what it was like for me. Basically, I would hit the pavement. If my mom or dad were around, they would say, you're fine. Get up, rub some dirt in it, and move on. I feel like, although I could be wrong, because I'm a lot older now, and maybe it was different when I was a kid, but my kids seem to get hurt, and it seems to be a bigger deal when they get hurt. And if I'm around and one of my kids hit the pavement, I default from my family of origin and say, you're fine. Get up, shake it off, and keep going. Now, when my kid falls around my wife, the first thing she wants to do is grab an ice pack and maybe go to the hospital. I mean, shoot, even when they get their feelings hurt, I feel like there's an ice pack coming out of the freezer. I don't even know why. And then there was this one time when my little Gracie was, I can't remember, maybe six, seven years old, maybe even eight. And she was in gymnastics class and she fell off the balance beam and hurt her foot. She could still walk on it. Seemed fine to me. I was like, you're fine. Let's go home. Might be a little sprain. I'm even willing to get the ice pack out. But no, we got to go to the hospital. We got to go get x-rays. And I'm thinking in my head, this is going to be really expensive. I know that's not the right way to think when your kids hurt, but how often do your kids get hurt and they're not really hurt? Well, fast forward, we're at the hospital. I can't believe we're there. It takes hours to get in. Finally, we get in, get the x-rays. And she has three fractures in her foot. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about HSAs today. Health savings accounts might sound boring to you, but hear me out because health savings accounts can be awesome. At a very, very 10,000 foot level, the money goes in. And when it goes in, when you make a contribution to your health savings account, guess what? It's tax deductible. 
If you're putting $5,000 in a health savings account this year and you're in the 32% tax bracket, guess what? You're getting 32 cents off of every dollar you put in on tax you don't have to pay. It's like a traditional IRA or traditional 401k going in, but it gets even better. When the money comes out, if it comes out in the right way, you don't have to pay taxes at all. It's like a Roth IRA or Roth 401k coming out. You get the best of both worlds as long as you follow the rules. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about who can make a contribution to their HSA. And when you take a distribution, will it be tax-free and or penalty-free? Now, some people shy away from health savings accounts because they're like, eh, I have a big deductible, but we use it up every year. It just doesn't seem to matter. I'm going to spend the money, so it's not much of a savings. Well, that going in like a traditional IRA or 401k, you're getting savings up front. Sure, if you're using it every year, it's not growing very much. It's sitting in an account not earning interest. So that Roth factor coming out doesn't really matter. But what happens? When you start really getting some money in that account, maybe there's some years where you don't have to take your kids to the hospital because they broke their foot, or maybe they didn't even break their foot, but you got x-rays anyway. Now it starts accumulating. When you get over a certain balance, you can start investing the money and let that money grow. Now, full disclosure, I don't recommend any of my clients to start investing inside of their health savings account until they have two years worth of deductible. So they got that on the sidelines and then they're investing the rest. And when you invest in an HSA, it's kind of like a 401k plan. You have a menu of, let's say, 15 or 25 options to invest in. And now that money's growing and growing and it can be used for healthcare your whole life. And we're going to get into the details. Now, you might say, well, Scott, if that money's growing and growing and I'm investing the maximum every year, I'll never use it all for healthcare. Well, that's not a bad argument, but remember, there's going to be a lot of healthcare costs coming your way down the pike for years and years to come. And the cool thing is it can be used in some instances for premiums for long-term care insurance, and for COBRA insurance. We're going to get into those details. But if you're one of those people that have a huge balance at age 65 and there's no way you're going to use it all for health care, guess what? It's yours, penalty-free, starting at age 65. It's yours. Now, you got to pay taxes, but now it's acting just like a traditional 401k or IRA. You got the deduction going in, and now it's taxable going out, but no penalty. Doesn't it all sound great? I think that family stewards should look to their health savings account first, and we should be maxing that thing out every year if possible. Then we get into our 401k and IRAs where we want to invest 15% of our gross income. 
but let's get that health savings account jamming. And in order to do so, we got to get through some of these details because not everyone can contribute to a health savings account. So the first question we want to answer is, can I make a deductible contribution to my HSA? And the first question you have to ask is, do you have a high deductible health plan with a deductible that's at least $1,400 for individuals or $2,800 for families? Now, this is the 2022 guidelines since we're almost in 2022. And what's a deductible? Well, the first money that you have to pay for healthcare, you are 100% responsible. So if you're in a high deductible plan, that's $2,800. The first $2,800 you're on the hook for. If your plan has a deductible of less than $1,400 and you're single or less than $2,800 and you are in a family, well, you cannot contribute to a health savings account. Health savings accounts are only for individuals and families that have a high deductible plan. Now, if you have a high deductible plan and you're contributing and now you move to a different plan that's not a high deductible plan, that HSA is still yours to use and spend with all the health savings accounts rules that I'm about to go over. So if the answer is yes, you're in a high deductible plan, now you need to go on to the next step. Is this HSA eligible plan with a maximum out-of-pocket expense for individuals at $7,050 or families $14,100? Because the plan has to hit those guidelines in order to be eligible. If the answer is no, sorry, you can't contribute to your HSA. If the answer is yes, we move on. And this is for mostly for younger people. But the last question is, can you be claimed as a dependent on another person's tax return? If the answer is yes, sorry. But if the answer is no, you are good to go. You can contribute to a health savings account because you meet these three guidelines. And how much can you invest? Well, including employer contributions. So a lot of times, if you're part of a high deductible plan, your employer may make contributions on your behalf. And if they do, well, you're not going to get a tax deduction for that. They are, but you're still going to have it tax-free when it grows as long as it comes out for certain medical expenses that we're going to go over. So including employer contributions you may be able to contribute as much as $3,650 per year per individual for an individual plan or $7,300 for families. And this has been indexed with inflation, so it goes up every so often. So for those of you that have been contributing in 2021, you notice that there's a little bit of a bump up. Now, what if you're 55 or over? If you're 55 or older, you can contribute an extra thousand bucks. So you're in a family plan, one or more people. Now you can contribute $8,300. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that you're able to use for healthcare. Now remember to health savings accounts work different than flexible spending accounts. Flexible spending accounts, you make your contributions and you must 
spend all of the money or most of it during the plan year. So when we used to have flexible savings accounts and we got towards the end of the year and we didn't have, or we still had a bunch of money in our flexible spending account, well, then my wife was saying, let's get prescription sunglasses because they were covered. And I said to her, I don't even wear glasses. Well, now I do, but then I didn't. But you know what? That didn't matter because at least she could still get those prescription (laughs) sunglasses. She's going to love me for this episode. Incidentally, she doesn't listen to this podcast very much, but when I make her, she listens and a lot of times thinks that I'm making fun of her, but I'm not. I am not making fun of my wife. I would never do anything like that. But an HSA account, totally different. You can be with an employer, make your maximum contribution, be completely healthy year in and year out, and you're just stacking money inside of your health savings account, and you don't have to deplete it ever, really. Even if you leave your employer, that health savings account sticks with you. So if you have a health savings account and it was opened up by your employer, which happens a lot, well, then you start contributing the max and you get that sucker up to 10000 or $50,000 and then you leave your employer. You still have that health savings account that is detached from the employer and it's all yours. Now, some of these rules I'm not going to get into because I don't have time on this podcast is if you become eligible for a health savings account or for if you're in a high deductible plan midway through the year and now you're eligible for a health savings account, there's rules behind how much you can actually contribute during that plan year because you weren't eligible the whole year. So if you're in that particular situation, you're best off talking to your financial advisor on how much you can contribute during that year. There's also rules around once you qualify for Medicare. Once you qualify for Medicare mid-year, there's other rules where you have to stop contributing to a health savings account because Medicare is not considered a high deductible plan. So now you're limited in the amount that you can contribute during that year. But for the most part, to summarize, if you, starting January 1st, are in a high deductible plan, and meet the three criteria that I spoke about, you can contribute in 2022 $7,300 for a family if you're in a family high deductible plan or $3,650 for individuals, and you can up that by $1,000 if you're 55 or older. So that answers our first question. But the second question is just as important. Now that it's in the plan, we need to answer the question, Will the distribution from my HSA or health savings account be tax and penalty free? Because when the money comes out, if you're not following the rules and guidelines, you may have to pay taxes on the expense and a 20% penalty. We don't want to go there. We want to make sure that we're following the rules. So the first big question you have to ask yourself as you're taking a distribution from your health savings account. And before I get into that, my health savings account has a credit card with it or a debit card. So when I go to the doctor or if I'm purchasing eligible medical equipment or medicine, 
All I need to do is present my debit card, or if I'm paying a doctor bill online, use the debit card numbers to pay for the expense. In flexible savings accounts, it works differently in a lot of cases where you have to pay for it out of your own pocket, then you have to upload the receipt or the bill from the doctor, and then you get reimbursed. Health savings accounts with the debit card. Now, I'm sure there's a bunch of flexible spending accounts with the debit card as well. I think. I'm not even positive. Everyone I've been involved in, it has not been easy. In fact, currently, I'm involved in a flexible spending account because our current health care plan is not a high deductible plan, but our previous healthcare plan was, and we still have dollars inside of our health savings account. So very convenient to spend the money, but you must answer this question. Was the distribution used to pay or reimburse for an expense to treat or prevent a physical or mental illness? Examples, doctor visits, prescription drugs, dental or vision expenses, etc. And there's a whole list on the federal government's website on what is an eligible expense. If you can answer yes to the question, then the expense is a qualified medical expense. So then you go on to the next question. And was the qualified medical expense paid or reimbursed by any health insurance plan or was the qualified medical expense claimed as a medical expense deduction? Because if it was reimbursed or paid on your behalf, you are not eligible for a distribution that's tax and penalty-free. So if it's a qualified medical expense, yes, you get to have this tax-free and penalty-free. If it wasn't, here's the kicker. If you're going to use that debit card to buy a couple of candy bars, you're going to end up paying taxes on that distribution plus a 20% penalty. We don't want anything to do with that. If you're going to buy candy bars with your HSA account, well, you're best off not having the HSA account. Now, you're a family steward. I don't expect you're going to do that. But there are other times when you can use or there are qualified medical expenses that are not directly related to doctor visits, prescription drugs, dental or vision expenses. Because premiums for health insurance, generally, you cannot use your health savings accounts to pay for. But here are a couple of instances when you actually can. The first is, Was your distribution used to pay for long-term care insurance premiums? If the answer is yes, based on your age, at the end of the year, a portion of the premium can qualify. And here's the portion. If you're 40 and under, 450 bucks. If you're between 41 and 50, 850 dollars, and so on and so on. If you're 71 or over, 5,640 dollars can be used from your HSA account to pay your long-term care insurance, and it will be tax-free and penalty-free. So here you are, saving in your HSA account. You figure out at age, let's just say 60, that long-term care insurance fits into your plan, that it's in your best interest to have it. Well, at age 60 to 70, you can still use $4,510 out of your HSA 
to pay for the long-term care insurance. Furthermore, if you end up losing your job and you end up on your employer's COBRA insurance and you're receiving unemployment, guess what? You can pay for that COBRA insurance with your health savings accounts dollars and they are tax and penalty free. Now, if you're using your employer's COBRA insurance and not collecting unemployment, then all bets are off. And here's another great way to start eating up some of your HSA money. If you're 65 or over and the distribution that you use was to pay for health insurance premiums. Now, normally you can't use HSA dollars on health insurance premiums except within Medicare. So that means that you can use your HSA dollars to pay for premiums for Medicare on a limited basis. And here it is. First, on your Medicare Part A. Now, most people don't have a premium on Medicare Part A, but some high-income earners do. And in some situations, you have to pay for Part A. Premiums, you can use HSA dollars. Now, everybody should enroll in Part B. Part B, I believe in 2022, it's gone up some, is going to cost about $148 a month. That's the premium for Medicare Part B. That's your doctor visits, ambulance, skilled nursing care. That is Part B. Guess what? You can use your HSA dollars to pay for Medicare Part B that seems to be going up in fashion every year. And that's $148.50 for you this year. And it's $148.50 for your spouse. That really starts to add up. Part D, which is the drug plan of Medicare, you can use with your HSA dollars. That's another 70-ish dollars a month of a premium that you can use. And Medicare has all kinds of co-pays and co-insurance attached to Part A and Part B. And all of that can be used for HSA dollars. We're also worried, especially my clients who are going to be early retirees, really worried about healthcare costs, as you should be. We'll start saving in that health savings account now. And you don't have to worry about where the money's going to come from, from healthcare. One thing I need to mention about Medicare, though, is a lot of folks have Medicare supplement plans or Medicare supplemental policies. And a Medicare supplemental policy just puts extra layers of coverage on your A and your B, your Medicare Part A and B and D. For those Medicare supplemental policies, you may not use HSA dollars to pay for just those premiums. If you do, you're going to be paying taxes on those premiums, but you're going to be 65 at least, so you won't pay penalties. Because remember, at 65, you can use that money on whatever you want, and it will be penalty-free. If it doesn't qualify as a qualified medical expense, including those premiums of Part B, of Part A, of Part D, and long-term care insurance, well, then you just have to pay taxes on those dollars. But how cool would it be if you had a large health savings account and you're looking to retire early and you're looking to make sure that you have a lot of money for health care inside of your plan before you turn 65, after you turn 65, all the way through 
your retired life. You got this big bundle of HSA dollars for you to use for runaway healthcare costs. What do you say, family steward? Have you learned a little bit more than maybe you had about health savings accounts? Now, I full well know that most people listening to this podcast, they know exactly how great a health savings account can be. But I'm not sure you realize all of the benefits and the intricacies of taking that money out and when it's a when is it acceptable to take it out and get that penalty free and tax free because that's what we ultimately aim for. I mean, what is better? Tell me an investment that is better. That's like a raw or like like a traditional 401k, like a traditional IRA going in. You get that tax deduction up front and we all want to save on our taxes every dollar we save on our taxes is a dollar for our freedom, a dollar for our financial freedom. So when we can save on taxes, we are getting closer to financial freedom. But then it gets so much better because that money's coming out like a Roth. It's coming out tax-free completely on every dollar that went in and every dollar of gain. And like I said early in the show, be careful investing in your HSA. If your deductible sits at $8,000, you better have at least $16,000 in that account before you start diverting some into investments. And be careful that once you start draining that two years worth of deductible, that you start moving money back over in a good systematic way. So we don't want to invest inside of our HSA at maximum risk because we may need that money sooner rather than later. But oh, what a great tool for us family stewards to reach financial freedom. This is all the time I have right now. It was great to be with you. I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.